Actually, you know what? Start like this. Hi, welcome to Podjicate. I'm here today with a lovely, fantastic lady who's going to be speaking about her job here. But um, do you want to introduce yourself and then your title? Hi, my name is Vanella and I work at DNAD and I'm a partnership executive. Woo! Yay! Okay, so I've put grapes in a bowl. So this episode is going to be a little bit mukbangy, but still. Um, so I have a bit of a, um, um, what's the word I'm for? I have something to admit. Okay. So basically this morning when I told you that I woke up and it was raining. Yeah. When I woke up and it was raining and then I looked around my room and it was a mess and I was exhausted. Part of me was just like, do I even like doing this podcast thing? <laughs> do I even want to do this? I'm just like, mm. I was like, no, but I'm going to go in because I'm going to have a good conversation today. Mm. I feel like I'm going to like it. And I'm really glad that part of me had sense to come in and speak to you because already we've yeah. been catching up and I've just had, I'm already, I'm already having a great time. Yeah. And I already have a sense it's going to go really well. You think so? I really do. This so is my really first excited. podcast, so I'm just thinking. Oh, don't worry, this is not a big time podcast. I'm looking at you to look at you to look at you. This is not a big time podcast. People that listen know this, so yeah. honestly. Okay. We're just going to be ourselves, just have a nice chat mm. about what you do here yeah. and um, some of your experiences and getting to you and just getting to know you and stuff and relating to you. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll actually, normally I start from a different kind mm. of time and I kind of go into different questions, but just based on what we were talking about before, yeah. I think Ornella and I are having very much, um, we're relating on the facts of being 20 something Yeah. and in that sort of navigating space mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of the industry. I'm at an earlier stage than you are because as I've said many times, probably so many times that I'm boring people now, but I'm entry level, I'm still trying to figure things out. There's things that go well for me at times and this thing, but I'm not necessarily um, consistent in any one space. Mm. But you are. Hey, thank you. You are currently, <laughs> you are currently, <laughs> although you. you do feel that you are still navigating, finding out. Yes. And I guess that's kind of in a sense mm. how you, have come to exist at DNAD. Exactly, yeah. Because it's like, DNAD are not an advertising agency, they're not a production company, so it's an interesting one today in that you work as a company that's significant within the industry. Yeah. But you do different, but the industry, the company itself does something very different. It's sort of and like then facilitate. You itself, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if it's actually the correct word, yeah. but I learned this a few years ago and it's, it's a word that I think it's describes what DNAD does, which means that like, you guys sit in the apex of the industry so i think that means like a crevice like a like in between space yes so yeah so and in that you do a very interesting role also Mm -hmm. interesting for me more so because i have very very little idea about how the entire process goes in terms of like from beginning to end like when you come to work when you sit down what do you do all the rest of it so i think actually yeah should we We'll start from that end and then work backwards into how you got here. But in terms of okay. your role, yeah. when you come to work and you sit down, what is it that you're supposed to be doing? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that means I have to... <laughs> what is it that you're supposed to, have to do? to work. What do they expect of you? What so, are you um, supposed to bring to the company? <laughs> um, so my role at DNAD is partnership executive. So I'm more so like an account manager, project manager for partnerships. Okay, yeah. Um, so in my team, there's the sales people who mm. actually go out and pitch, 
and win like sponsorships, partners. Yeah. And so obviously, like you said, we're like the apex of the industry. Mm. So we sort of have a community of like everyone in the creative industry. Yeah. So a lot of brands come to DNAD to tap into that industry. So obviously yeah, everyone yeah. knows we do like festivals, we have like educational programs. Yeah. So if a brand wants to align itself with this industry or yeah. either be part of the festival or have um, a bespoke project with us, um, that's sort of how they come in through um, partnerships. Um, and that's sort of like where them are, obviously we're a non-profit, that's where the money, we generate the money to fund our programs yeah so in that sense um <laughs> so the partnerships teams the sales team they go out obviously pitch you know to like let's say adobe to be like the headline partner of the yeah. first dnad festival yeah so like yeah, you guys want to be a headline partner um you can sponsor like let's say their portfolio surgeries mm. you can have like you can be have that the main stage of the festival named after you yeah, yeah just small things like that you can have like a dinner yeah so when all of those things are sort of arranged and agreed and the contract signed yeah the sales team will come back and sort of say okay guys um partnerships um, executive which is myself and um marble colleague kate so they'll come to us and say yes yeah. so we've managed to um you know have a signed sponsorship with adobe and this is the contract this is the green deliverables this is what they want out of this X amount of money that they've invested, mm. you guys have to deliver it. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like we're taking what's been said, what's been agreed on that contract, and yeah. it's sort of my role to sort of bring that to life. Okay, yeah. yeah. So in terms of like, so if they are going to be the headline speaker and they're going to be the, the headline sponsors of the festival, yeah. I need to make sure that their name is the yeah. headline name on the yeah. around the festival. Yeah. If it is things like a dinner, I sort of like, they have a a wish list of guests that they want. I organise that dinner, whether yeah. it's like finding a venue, reaching out to the right people, yeah. and just make, yeah, it's pretty much just bringing that to life is essentially what I do. Yeah. So it's like accounts, but pumped up. Pumped up. Pumped and, up. <laughs> and, also, and again, because we're also a charity, a lot of the stuff, because also you have the sales side, but it's all monetary, um, I also go out for more like value exchange partnerships. So I sort of manage that as well. So if what we do- What does that mean? Value exchange. So, you saw my face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a big word. It kind of just came out. But um, in terms of value exchange, so let's just say, for example, you started like a, a wine company. Okay. And you're trying so to... a wine company. Yeah, wine company. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to obviously bring that out to the market. Yeah. You just sort of started. Yeah. So I come to you and like, hey, Anthea, I've heard about your amazing wine. Yeah. Um, we're DNA We're mm. one of the biggest creative, you know events company festival in London yeah. and as part of that we have an after party that we host to like 800 of yeah. the top creative you know bodies in the industry mm. and we think it's best as if you're interested in getting your um brands your people. wine into the front of the you know yeah. one of the you know decision making yeah. industries to um contribute to creating like you know memorable experiences at our parties mm. you can you know Donate, so a donate, unit of wine. get me a certain units, whether it's like, yeah, good amount for the party. In exchange, we can give you a bit of branding at the bar. It yeah, can be yeah. like named after Anthea's wine. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, give you social media, yeah. press, like yeah, just sort yeah, of yeah. like value exchange yeah. in terms of like, if they see that it's worthwhile to be in yeah. front of their drinks going to be in front of the right yeah. people, they get bigger value in the end. Yeah. So I'm more of that side. So yeah. I'm not really sales, but I'm like sales. It's, I mean, what they call it is what it brand to brand 
Yes. Wait, that was really weird. Yeah. Because I understand that you're saying that um, the sales team, they're doing the research to find the clientele. They're seeing who yeah. is a good match for DNAD, who aligns with your um, ethos, yeah. etc. Mm-hmm. And then you are doing between DNAD and the actual brands that, that they're bringing the money, but brands that are donating other things. I yes. guess all brands, yeah. Brand, but yeah. yeah. So it's almost like, that, but yeah. <laughs> even though it's not so much like they're giving, giving money, it's little things that will help save money as well. Because again, yeah. we are a charity. Yeah. So even though Adobe has given us X amount to headline the festival, mm. where we can save like five grand or three grand or something else, mm. but then also the brand gets value out of that. It's sort of my role to sort of make that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whether it's snacks, drinks, but I'm more like the entertainment side of things. Yeah. So yeah, which is a fun thing to do when it all goes well. And like I find, and I'm always bringing like new sort of like drink companies that probably not a lot of people have heard of yeah. so i remember last year i reached out to a company that was actually based in sweden mm. they had these like it was like non-alcoholic um drinks but their sort of like unique thing about it is that they all had like a chili in it so it was like a spicy chili Ooh. drink so they'll have like, passion fruit with like yeah <laughs> a lot of people sort of like what the heck so, were they nice when well, actually I'm, you don't have to say that don't worry when they were I nice did, <laughs> um, when i did manage to get them over the line i sort of announced like yeah guys we're getting a new drink so it's always exciting yeah, to yeah. announce like and then also when they bring us like their free samples so yeah. they had like a i think they've got a warehouse in the uk so they sent us samples and i just get to send it around and we just sort of judge it beforehand yeah. i mean it was more like a marmite thing you hate it love it but yeah. i found some of the flavors were nice yeah not all of them were the best but you know it was drinks at the end of the day and no, it's, yeah. it's nice to have something new as well <laughs> exactly i'm sure they were very yeah. interesting and it was good for them to get obviously people who haven't necessarily heard of their brand mm. especially based in sweden yeah to sort of get you know it was good market research for them as yeah. well but it was nice i liked it and i wouldn't sort of bring a drink on board if i didn't personally like it yeah that's but interesting yeah. i feel like it's it's interesting that it sounds like the skills you're using in this mm. role are very applicable in other roles i mean i can't yeah. think of what the role is called but it's like what people would imagine like even okay even in the music industry i can yeah. imagine that your skills could be used um in particular, even within um i think like there's a lot of content makers and that mm-hmm. sort of thing coming up in this day, day and age yes. youtubers yeah. i'm sure you would have amazing skills to know what somebody can ask for in return for promotion exactly sponsoring or yeah. appearing hosting an event yeah that kind of thing yes yeah. like actually throwing like even like with the dinners i mean that can be turned into something that is very transferable and mm. um, the fact that we do bespoke events that could be like i said an intimate gig with like a new artist that i can mm. sort of throw on um, and transferable skills so yeah so to move on though um I feel like that's actually not going to be maskable. I just want to be straight up and say that we got interrupted. <laughs> so we're starting again. But yeah. just to go on to my next question, which I'd noted down here, mm-hmm. I was going to say, I don't know if everybody, I mean, I don't know if I've mentioned DNAD before, and I don't know how many people, I don't know what, I actually don't really have a very amazing clue of the people that have been listening thus far, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if those people will necessarily know what DNAD is. Question so, of life. Um, so from my understanding, so DNAD mm-hmm. is a not-for-profit awards company, first and foremost. Yeah. Um, within that, they do um, they do educational programs yep. and festivals. Yeah. 
and there's sort of two tiers to it. There's a professional side, yeah, where they have professional awards, and then they have um, masterclasses for professionals in the industry, mm-hmm. and they have the professional festival. But then you also have New Blood, which is the university um, graduate or like for university students or yeah. some people who are not university students, maybe around that age, mm-hmm. where you're um, coming into the industry so beginning industry entry level stage um yeah so you have the awards for them and they have their own briefs that they have to complete and that's in conjunction with particular brand partners etc um how does that process go the um because i know because i so i met ornella through working on the new blood team when the um when the awards and the festival was coming up yeah 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 so um I know on that team there's um, leaders and they have their responsibilities. Yeah. But how does that connect with your team, the partnerships team? Where so how much of the work is you guys when it comes to the people that write the briefs, the uh, the people? Because you had loads of briefs, like literally sixteen, eighteen briefs, something yeah. like that. And so that was I think seventeen of them were partner people. Yeah. So how does that come to? Um. Happen? So yeah, actually, funny enough, we're actually in the midst of like. Cycle, the new cycle of that yeah so next year system yeah next next year so in terms of like the partnership side of things so these partners like you mentioned who mm. write and set the briefs out to the university students to respond to it's the partnership teams who goes out to look for them yeah so as much of that with my role is i uh i sort of like assist in like the research of it yeah so um i'm always like i've got i'm subscribed to so many different like you know, marketing, advertising platform. So if I see any mentions of like a, I don't know, let's say for example, Microsoft want to tap into like more millennial, not really millennials, but like Gen Z's students, mm. or yeah, just any brand that wants to align with like students or emerging creatives. Yeah. So that's sort of the things that we sort of like tackle. So mm. I'll either like forward it to the sales team, or the sales team sort of have their own sort of research mm. and they sort of start generating. Um, pictures from that or presentations and mm. obviously they go out and sort of present what new blood is what dna is yeah. and obviously using that sort of like um tagline that the brands have mentioned so you're looking yeah. for you know to tap into the university creatives or emerging creatives well we have this thing where you can set a yeah. brief so we go out there and do that and once the partners have said yes we want to get involved mm. this is when it's kind of so much goes to new blood team mm. the foundations team to sort of help structure and sort of produce the brief. And we work with a lot of like strategi- strategists as well with that, who mm. copywriters who come in and yeah. sort of help sort of produce and what does this brief look like? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's sort of where it's there in the beginning. And we also come back again um, in terms of, so judging week as well. And brand- yeah, yeah. It's, again, branding as always, yeah, yeah. like I'm sort of like, I look, I oversee the branding as well, just yeah. make sure logos, See logos. I've never realized how important logos were until I. Oh, very. Young, yeah. <laughs> so just making sure your yeah, logos are present. Um, sort of the external communication is clear that these are brief partners. This is what they're doing, and yeah, um, things like that. Um, and yeah, so that's how pretty much I'd say partnerships is involved in that new blood part of it. Yeah. What would you say the most exciting, um, partnership you have helped? see through has been the most wackiest exciting or whatever they're asking for something that's really sort of innovational 
Um, well, I've been here for like just over a year, mm. so it hasn't been like a long span with DNA. Yeah. But I'd say my favorite so far has been working with Microsoft and DNA Delate. So it's sort of like a they used to call it the Microsoft House Party. Yeah. So like an event space downstairs. It's like a battle illustration event with like DJs, music. Sounds crazy. And <laughs> it's, well, it's not actually like well, a battle. It's literally it. just so we have like the Microsoft. Oh, um, like a like a surfaces. Like a like a not dance battle. What am I thinking of? Illustration you know, like, battle. Like you use literally your hands. Oh, so you illustrate. Like, okay, yeah, right. Yeah, illustrate battle, not dance. No, I'm thinking rapping. like DJs like. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, funny enough, this year our um, host was a um, beatboxer. Yeah, yeah. So he sort of did a little, you know. Yeah, yeah. But the yeah the idea behind um, DNA Delates was a partnership with Microsoft to sort of um, promote the Surface Two yeah. um, devices. Mm. So we held an event here where we brought some of like the industry's mm. illustrators to come and it should do like an illustration battle mm. of I think the theme was everyday problems. Mm. So I think we did like a social media call out of like everyday problems and people sending suggestions and those suggestions will throw at the illustrators mm. and how do we solve I don't know just like it could be the silly things like a rainy day or a, a crying baby in a pram just something really yeah, wacky yeah, yeah. and they will respond to that through the illustrations yeah, yeah. and when they're doing the illustrations it's like the um, the DJs playing music, everyone's yeah. like around there. Yeah. It's almost like a your mama or like a beatbox. Yeah. Thing, but she just illustrates. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was really really cool. No, yeah, that's... and um, I loved it. I mean the the event itself and the production of you know producing the event was just amazing. So I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. But through seeing that, this is gonna be a very vague question. How can I put this? I guess my question is how or what do you think is possible mm-hmm. for creatives and how brands can utilize them do you know mm. what do you think of the creative brand partnership um i think it works mm. when Obviously, if you're starting out as a creative and you're either freelancing or trying to get your work out there, mm. it there are amazing opportunities for you, but it only works when there's like a mutual sort of like benefit out of it. Yeah. And when brands are not taking advantage of your craft. Yeah. But you're also getting credited and like you're mm. sort of aligned with the brand. You're not just hidden away. So it's yeah. almost like. I'm I'm working on my craft. I'm working to get my work out there. So if a brand's gonna recognize me, use me for my work, and like also highlight me, so then that can push me further. Because yeah. you're gonna essentially you're working with me like as a one-off. If that is a one-off project you wanna do, but my benefit because I'm still like the underdog. I wanna be able to sort of use that to push me further. So yeah. I think does that answer the question? No, yeah, yeah, definitely. So basically, you're saying that you need to know your worth. As, know your worth yeah. because it seems that you have like have you picked up or have the knowledge about what brands are looking for mm. how to tap into sort of things being mutually beneficial yeah two ways and this mm-hmm. is like a lot of the things you're talking about and that's very exciting yeah. within you know dnad and the industry and stuff mm-hmm. and it's very applicable in many different spaces we've spoken about but just i guess the reason i asked that was because there's lots of people um that are 
in a sense they are the products themselves does that make sense yeah so the example that you used of for example me having a wine company a lot of people are creating things and they are yeah the main thing yeah that brands could tap into or like it could you know so Mm -hmm. i just think that that was an interesting thing to ask Mm -hmm. about but going sort of further back now so what we do on this, pop, on this platform is yeah. we talk about what you do currently we try and shed some light but we also try and find out the path and I think the yeah. the the reason for that is that everyone has a different story mm-hmm. some of them are very traditional but some of them are very relatable yeah. I remember like hearing some other people's um, um, story and just thinking wow I did not expect it to be like that and it gives yeah. me faith because everyone there's lots of different types of people that are looking for people to give them advice and things that they can bounce off of mm. and things like that, if that's making sense. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I guess with your path, um, going back... How back are we going? <laughs> let's go back to... Let's go back to school days. Yeah. So, when you were in secondary school, did you ever... What What did you think you would end up doing? If you... If you had to go back to you now, oh, or you had to go back to yeah. you in secondary school, yeah. and you was asked you in secondary school, what do you think... Or Nella is doing in 2019 what would you say oh that's a good question mm. so I went to obviously grew up in Hackney um so I will this was a time which like 2004 is when I went started secondary school so we had the first ever academy that was literally planted in the middle of Hackney yeah in a town where people were scared to come to Hackney but you yeah. have this academy this private ran middle white middle class structured school yeah slap bang in the middle of hackney yeah and you have like 80 percent of black students attending this school yeah and we're basically taught this weird system on how to sort of like it's almost they taught us like strip away of your identity this is how you, this is how you need to be in the world yeah, yeah. so that's sort of the experience that i had yeah. in school um so it was like it was the first time i know it's a bit off subject but it's sort of the first time we sort of experienced like i don't know what to like someone just sort of telling you that you're not good enough mm. and like whatever you think you know it's not good enough and yeah you're, envi- you're a product of your environment but we're here to make it better because what you where you are now the things you're taught strip them away because we're better than you so we're yeah. here to sort of like get you prepared to this world that yeah. you guys are not, you're not really you're not aware of because you're just from hackney yeah, yeah okay. so that was sort of like whoa so i'll give you a good example so me being a black girl black girls in my school natural hair the rule was to wear your hair in one. Yeah. Because it was professional. Braids were like looked down upon. Mm-hmm. Cane rolls was too messy. Mm-hmm. This is like before Me Too, before Black Lives This is before any of these <laughs> things happened. Before, so, the, before the Kardashians were wearing braids. Before, the, before anything, before lip injection, bump, not, none of that was popular. Yeah. It was literally like, you need to almost have your hair like straight, cocky. It's almost, I don't know, it's, it's almost like they were trying to make us as. I don't want to say conform. it, conform to like conform. this thing that we wasn't. So yeah. have your hair in one, having your braids or cane was, it was a, I remember, I specifically remember my head teacher saying that my hairstyle looked like a playground. What is that thing? On, she said, what is that thing on your head? Bearing in mind it was cool, really neat cornrows going <laughs> the back. Neatest. neatest. <laughs> she called it, it was an like obstacle course on my head. Wow. Okay. So things like that. Um, but aside from all of that negative side, I kind of naturally... I've always been drawn to like the arts and creative department. So I was okay, always, yeah. I was in the choir, the school choir. I was 
in the drama product every single drama production show you can think of mm. <laughs> i had i was part of the sports team the netball yeah. team like oh you were busy so i was really i was one of those kids that i did every um every after school club to yeah. the point where on the you to go home yeah, yeah as in i was there when the lights were turned being switched off yeah. i was still trying to get my last shot in the netball yeah or i'm trying to do my last football um, yeah. what's it called um free kick or something yeah. so i really really enjoyed that sort of like the creative sort of like things practical free, side of yeah. things less academic so mm. in my head i sort of thought like yeah i wanted to be there was a point when i wanted to be a sing not a singer i wanted to be a dancer i wanted to be um an actor mm. just i don't know what i wanted to be, but i just liked you know yeah. floating around that idea just anything that was creative but dancing and acting was something weird enough that you know i wanted to do i even had like a there was a girl group of us that we formed where we sang and danced yeah and there was you little performances <laughs> in the playground it was yeah. literally like we had an audience of people coming to watch us at lunch it was, it was like our own little sort of coachella for yeah. us so yeah definitely something to do with the creative side i was never really good at drawing so as much as i loved art like i couldn't even draw a circle so it used to frustrate yeah. me product design wise again things of that sort of nature yeah. i never really allowed myself Things to put my heart into yeah, yeah i feel like i just always thought i wasn't good enough so yeah. it kind of i think it kind of like blocked my potential to sort of see it through yeah so yeah product design art and that sort of section wasn't really like my thing i just realized yeah i'm not really good at this i wasn't born and gifted with and we had like a gifted and talented students yeah. in that sort of in art in art and graphic design yeah because i was not part of that elite yeah number of students i was like okay this is not for me um so yeah and then going to uni so sixth form i decided to do business studies yeah business sociology english literature and drama so you do four okay so mainly quite academic things how did you yeah so this is a time where the creative and sort of like arts were sort of being stripped the government decided to start stripping not funding in schools and again because i went to very much of a an academy they really cared about statistics and yeah. stem was like their big as like as many students we can get to a stem yeah push them towards that that is what success looked like to them yeah, yeah. if you're there trying to do media studies was like <laughs> you're pretty much like a b-tech yeah like you're unable to do anything so yeah. they we didn't have a um, media studies in my sixth form drama is literally because we begged for them to keep the drama yeah music was like yeah but even a lot of the talented musicians had to do that as like an additional course yeah but a lot of them were in maths and science and english so yeah this was a weird time where we were sort of like told that yeah you're not you're never going to make in the media mm-hmm. media was almost like if you was b-tech or not really to say it, but if you're like not educationally what's the word i can say without being but the, so the perception was that they was making it seem like it was it was less than an academic subject. Yes, yeah. yes. So if you was predicted an E, yeah. they'll push you to do media studies. Yeah, things like as that. If, as if it correlated. Exactly. So there was a weird, yeah, was a very, weird perception. Being, exactly. Okay, yeah. So I naturally chose those subjects. So yes. Sociology, English literature, business studies and drama. Mm. And my love for drama literally just was killed in my first year of college really it was 90 percent written Course theory right. and like 10 percent acting so because I, I was that. very like like i said my whole secondary school life i was doing practical things I was in the yeah. school play the you know the choir so i thought oh my gosh like this is my way like if i can go through the drama route because yeah. eventually i wanted to go to like lambda or like these sort yeah of, um, 
um, acting schools. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, if I can push my way through to sixth form, I'm going to go to acting school. But it literally put me off because I didn't do any acting. I remember a lot of people, yeah. like, I remember some of my friends picking, like, oh, yeah, people I knew in secondary picking um, dramas, GCC, yeah. and always having coursework. That's something yeah. I remember about them, them always being like, oh my God, I've got a million words to write for drama. And I was yeah. just like, what's going on in that classroom? Yeah. They were always just writing. And it I was literally like, like a slap in the face. Yeah. Everyone thought, we literally thought it was going to be just running around every day in the <laughs> yeah. sports hall. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it wasn't, so I dropped drama, which... It was like my first sort of relationship, you know? Yeah. It was like my first boyfriend of life, as in yeah. my boyfriend of life was draw- acting. Yeah. So having to drop it was like my biggest like heartbreak. It was a heartbreak, yeah. And everyone was, sh- as in everyone who knew me was shocked, as in, oh no, like you're dropping drama, like what's happening? I was like, I'm fel- I just literally fell out of love with it. Yeah. And business studies became my new thing. I was like, oh, oh wow. my gosh, like you can be an entrepreneur. I don't even know what entrepreneur words like these are these the words that we give. These are you. little words I'm starting to learn like you can actually become your own boss. Yeah. You know, this is how a business starts. Like these companies have these like you know, just, just yeah. understanding what a business looks like and the yeah. potential of that. So that sort of started to become my first love and then naturally I went into uni and did marketing design and communication was part of like the business. Yeah school so you're starting to mold the type mold, of business yes. that you're looking into yes. now and in business you have different like modules you have like finance hr marketing was like i think this one i'm like eureka mom i'm like yes yeah this is marketing is you on something be. yeah i want to be a marketer i want to be something to do with this sort of lane yeah um so then i did marketing design communication at uni and i still wasn't sure what i wanted to do but i just loved the course mm. it was i've always explained as though my course was like the apprentice yeah so <laughs> it was 80% practical yeah 20% written but it's almost we had to we had to practically do it for us to understand it yeah, so yeah. we our tutors would start us a brief like create a packaging for a new drink that could be sold in john lewis yeah so as a group we had to do the packaging of it who's the target market yeah. you know we actually created a bottle mm. the branding of it took it to john lewis placed it in one of the little uh, yeah. fridges took, took pictures, pictures. Of it. it was such a, yeah, yeah like it used to give me life. Thing, like, yeah. oh my gosh this is what i want to do i want to do branding i want to do packaging like i just had so many like yeah. i spoke for choice yeah but i just felt like i was in a good place yeah um and then my course was like a four-year course so you had to do a sandwich year okay yeah. um, and i did um I became a marketing intern at Walt Disney. Yeah. Um, and I was, and again, that's like sort of my real practical life experience yeah, of yeah. this um, dream that I had to be a marketer, which was quite interesting because, let me know if I'm talking too much. No, 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 you're fine, you're fine. It was quite interesting because, again, being again from Hackney, always had been in a small little bubble, going out to university, Nottingham, which I didn't even mention, I went to Nottingham. It was sort of my first experience, like, into the world. Yeah. Because all I had ever known was, like, my school, my area, my friends, and Hackney. Yeah. So it'd be a thing where, like, I'm going to, let's say, Bedfordshire, and I see, like, a Primark or Zara. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they have Primark. Yeah. Or we even see a McDonald's. like, they have McDonald's here. Yeah. And I see sheep and farms. Like, oh, my gosh, there's a sheep, there's a cow. So yeah. going to uni for me, I might as well went to, like, Japan or something. Yeah. It was like a completely different yeah. experience. The fact they even had a tram line yeah. running through the city. I was like, yeah. oh, my gosh, bro, am I? Like, I'm in a new, completely different yeah. country. <laughs> That's yeah. how you know I never go out that much. Yeah. So just, yeah, being in uni itself was, like, my first sort of 
you know, kick outside of my bubble. Mm. And then now going into this internship in Hammersmith. So yeah. I'm like 19, 20, getting the train from home. You know, actually, yeah. I have a job. I'm getting my train, going to Hammersmith. I'm yeah. working in a big company. Yeah, Disney, I've made it. <laughs> Every, it's like I was with my friends in Hackney, like, oh my gosh, I know you've made it. Yeah. You're going to be a CEO in five years. <laughs> <laughs> So to me, it was like, I'm going to Disneyland. Like, yeah, yeah. guys, I've made it. I'm yeah. coming back. I'm sort of the poster child of success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to my own home, but like, everyone's just like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Cheering me on. But then life hit me. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> life really hit me. So I think, again, that was the biggest, like, shock of life in terms of, like, it made me realise how small I was in this world. Yeah. As in, like... Whatever you thought you was in Hackney because you're comfortable around your friends yeah. and the people that you knew. And then you went to uni, which is a bigger sort of like society. But now you're in the real world. You're actually mm. nothing. Compared- <laughs> I know it sounds really No, negative, I know what you mean. But it's almost There's like you're literally a there. grain of yeah. sand. Like yeah. you're, you're not all that that you thought you was. Yeah. So even small things like my team, like they're all, again, middle class, white you know, other apprentice um, interns yeah. whose parents like were millionaires or had did internships in Russia. And I was just there like, I was from Hackney. Like yeah. I had no story to tell. And yeah. I think that was the first time I was ever silenced in terms of like, my dream of being in marketing, like going to this world and saying yeah. like, yeah, this is what I can offer. Mm. And cause everyone came in with something. It was the first time I was shut down. Cause obviously like yeah. I said, in school I was always practical, was involved in a lot of things. And I'll say like, looking back today, that internship year was like, I don't want to say it was my worst experience, but it's something like I didn't, I don't feel like I got out what I wanted to do and I never showed my ability. Oh, no, yeah, but... Oh, but, maybe, yeah. But in, sorry to interrupt yeah, you. I know you were going right. on to say something else, but in a strange way, mm. I can relate to that experience. Mm. And being that... Break. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> being that you have experience where you imagine it's going to be one you imagine it's going to be beneficial for one reason but it's mm-hmm. beneficial for another reason and mm-hmm. in the fact that maybe you thought it was going to be like i'm gonna go and do this and i'm gonna mm-hmm. like get some connections out of it it's gonna lead me on to a really fruitful eventful yeah. career what it was was really the training of like you're saying it, it was exposure it was exposure yeah. of what the real world is yeah. and like and also so you can look back on it and say that's what not to do exactly. i should not be throwing I should not silence myself or be taken back yes. because I don't fit in. In fact, I need to embrace that and yes. and always be able to recalibrate and remember mm-hmm. who I am no matter mm-hmm. where I am. Like, I I have had a few experiences like that. I think I had one interview one time. I don't know if I've ever told this story, but I had an interview um, where I had practiced for it. Like, yeah. I, been, I was on my sofa. I was thinking about what I'd reply. And like, I think I was speaking to you earlier on and I was yeah. saying to you that I had... It was shocking life at times because I had growing up in school I had always been very used to being good at things so I've had a few different shocks and this is one of the shocks so when I went to the interview I literally if I were to if I were to bring you into that room <laughs> and have you sit next to me yeah you would think you would be like where's Anthea gone yeah like who is this person this is a shell of her they were asking me questions so I was like mm, uh, yeah I guess yeah I don't know but yeah. I, was, I had honestly like I was literally I felt like I was outside of my body watching myself I shrunk away and it was yes. just because I had never I don't know what it was. It's like I mm, expected to go into that room and then to be like, oh, we like you so much. Here's a job. Do you mean like, and something about it hadn't, the reality of it hadn't clicked in and I was a lot younger then, Mm -hmm. but do you know, little things like that, like 
I think I had an interview before then when I thought I was doing really well yeah. and I didn't get the job. So then going into that interview afterwards, yeah. it's like all these experiences where you're surprising yourself all the time. Like, yeah. it can be lots of different things. I mean, I've been on holidays with different groups of people mm. where, like, the entire holiday, once coming back, you realise how much of yourself was altered and how, how much of a shock it was to the yeah. system to try and be new again. You know, yeah. it's like that thing when you're in school and, like, you're the new girl. Like, yeah. Who are you gonna be? How are you gonna be? Are you gonna cave? Are you gonna? If someone's giving you like a lot of stick, are you gonna be yeah. able to still stand up for yourself? That mm-hmm. kind of thing. It was like being in new groups, people, new circles. Can you still? Can you still be you? Do you know? Mm-hmm. And that's these are all like learning experiences that you have, and things that prepare you or like grow you, and you just learn from them. So exactly. as you're saying, you're like maybe you didn't get what you thought you were gonna get out of the Disney experience, but of course yeah. I'm sure you got something from there. Exactly. But after that, <laughs> how yeah, did you so apply that experience? I mean. Obviously, again, this is... I'm, really, I'm trying to make myself sound really old, but this is pre, like, <laughs> you know, black girl magic, like, yeah. self-love, know who you are. Yeah. So, I can only say I didn't know who I was. And I think yeah. if I would have known who I was, then, or been a, you know, yeah, this was yeah. a thing I, right I would have come in understanding, yeah. like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I understand who I am. But because we didn't have those things back then, yeah. it was almost like I'm coming into this industry where I don't know who I am, I've never met people like from all of these different backgrounds. So yeah. it's like, how do I actually fit in or how do I make assert myself to, you yeah. know, be part of the conversation just because yeah. I didn't necessarily go to, you know, these extravagant countries or yeah. my parents own a house in Kensington. Yeah. I, you know, I could have found my unique, you know, my uniqueness that I could have brought to the team, yeah. to the company that, you know, added value. Yeah. Because again, you're not taught those things in school. Like, beyond like the real world you just taught textbook yeah so it's almost like i was relying on textbook because i couldn't find the chapter i was like okay let me close this book and just be yeah. quiet and, and stay yeah. on my computer yeah so and it meant that you diminished a lot of yourself because it's true a lot it's, hard, of myself. it's hard to know how to 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 yeah. be proud of yourself in spaces yeah. where you don't know if you fit in or you're different or you know and i think that's yeah. Sorry, like I know in this time where the industry is talking a lot about diversity, that's something that I've kind of tried to jump in. That mm-hmm. it's all well and good wanting diversity, but can you accommodate the exactly. diversity and understand why that person's not flourishing to their fullest? Their, yeah. Because I think I've had those situations where, because yeah. I've been, com- I've, I came into the industry at the time that they were talking a lot about diversity and blah blah. But there's been a few situations where I've been in, and people mm-hmm. are like, "Why are you not?" Di- why are you not saying more? Why are you not? Yeah. Pro- why are you not promoting the fact that you've done this? You've done this. This is sick. And I'm yeah. like, you don't understand. It's very weird, and it's adjusting. It's adjusting. Yeah. It's learning. Mm-hmm. It's knowing how to fit in and not having self doubt. Mm-hmm. Self doubt, like when you feel that people don't want to hear from you, mm. or it's just all factor yeah. in. So yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. know what you're saying. But nonetheless, the fact that it, I did learn a lot despite mm. of like how I felt about yeah. it, like in terms of like how a company works, yeah. like marketing itself, and just sort of like everything. Like, again, going back to textbook learning, like just yeah. applying that into real life. So mm. it made me realize, okay, everything I've learned makes sense. I'm actually meeting new people. Mm. I'm actually I am being exposed to things I've never thought I'd be exposed to. Like, yeah having a conversation with a director, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, like, understanding yeah. like her journey or his journey, how yeah. they go into the role. So I did, you know, pick up a lot of gems that I later yeah. on took back and obviously I got a, a 2-1 at uni. So <laughs> yeah. just things I can actually practically apply back. Yeah, yeah. So I would say that that gave me, you know, a booster and my CV as well, like just graduating yeah. and having like Disney. Every time I applied for a job or people looked at my CV like, wow, like how did you get this? How's yeah, the experience? Yeah, yeah. So it, was, yeah. it was a good conversational conversation yeah. starter and I guess 
that's what helped me in terms of like again being able to be proud of myself yeah yeah despite of like obviously the trials and tribulations and how I felt about it it's just Mm. saying like you know yeah I actually did do an internship I did learn this I can apply these skills or this knowledge to your role so it kind of gave me that boost and that's when I think I started finding my voice again and just be more like confident in interviews um and then oh another thing I forgot to say so going back (laughs) so I didn't necessarily like graduate go straight to a, a specific job so i applied for this um it was a chancellor scholarship at uni okay. so every year they did like this sponsorship scholarship sorry where um they chose like a group of students to study abroad for the summer mm-hmm. and i remember just seeing it and i just i literally just applied i didn't know why i wanted to it was an internship to china mm-hmm. me and china had nothing in relation oh, okay. i had never been or had any you know visions of being there yeah. so i just saw it just said it was open to anyone and they just asked you a lot of questions about who you are what you're passionate about mm. what you can bring to the world like how does your course you know will help you and obviously with our course one of the things that I'll, I'll never forget my tutor always hammering down is allowing yourself to be a global brand like yeah. they used to teach us like how to be our own brands yeah, yeah. so brand was more like see yourself as like a walking cv so yeah. how do you want to leave uni like how do you want people to see you so yeah. don't just settle for like just london like how are you a global brand yeah so i just thought oh maybe going to china i'm a global brand yeah so i was accepted i was accepted into that internship yeah into scholarship so it was like a summer long trip to china where you studied the language at the university but yeah. then you sort of had opportunity to sort of like you know travel around it was yeah. almost like a holiday so you did schooling from like 8 a.m till 12 yeah p.m noon and then oh, from wow. 12 to noon you literally just there's so many activities and there's a lot of other summer schools there so you met yeah. some i mean it literally again it's going back to like that small girl in hackney like my little yeah. bubble going to nottingham yeah. going to disney now i'm in bloody china so it's yeah. just like my world <laughs> wow. was just like exploding expanding yeah, yeah. so i'm like how did i end up here and again being accepted to that was another thing that i'll go up everyone yeah, like, yeah. no onella you're gonna make it yeah. you've just done disney you yeah. just got your to know there's nowhere you're gonna be your ceo is actually you're, you're touching that yeah, role. Yeah. <laughs> so then yeah going to china again was like a massive like cultural shock eye opener again i didn't understand um is it Chinese you speak? Mandarin. Mandarin. <laughs> Sorry, my ignorance. Yeah, Mandarin. Um, but studying it, I sort of, it kind of taught me how to be able to communicate without relying on language. And I think yeah. that's something that I've taken on. So that culture shock and experience is like, you can put me in the world, anywhere in the world now yeah, and I'll testing, survive. Because, testing yourself in different yeah, environments. So yeah, so I really, really enjoyed it. And again, coming back, it was something else to add yeah. to my CV. But it wasn't necessarily easy coming back and going yeah. to the job world because it was a time where it was such a hectic market. It was yeah. very, very hard to get even a graduate scheme or like an internship. Like yeah. the competition was so fierce. Yeah. And bearing in mind, even though I did have this amazing um, opportunity in China, it's almost like I missed like a year out in the first cohorts of graduates. So yeah, yeah. when I came back, sort of like, all my friends has already like advanced they're all like yeah, marketing assistants already so i was always like starting from scratch like a year yeah. late so i was just trying to figure myself out what i wanted to do i did quite a few um marketing internships i did one at um top shop i was yeah. a marketing intern for the summer just little things like that yeah and then i sort of gave up because <laughs> it was so hard yeah and i ended up being a teaching assistant in peckham so yeah. <laughs> A, a small detail. <laughs> yeah, so it's almost like in the madness of me trying to find a job, 
luckily my old teachers in school they had a position at the school I was like I'll even be a cleaner I just need something yeah, yeah. there's a bit of banter about that please is there any roles I'll be a receptionist yeah. I'll be a cleaner just anything they're like actually there's a teaching assistant role that's coming up so I t- sort of took it and then when I started becoming too comfortable in teaching world I didn't want to be a teacher I was like no I need to leave I need to apply for jobs and then eventually I ended up in DNAD. I didn't know what DNAD oh, okay. was. So you were teaching assistant before you came here? No, sorry. There was a job in between. It was like a partnership executive. It was more like sales, but it was for AdTech London. It was like yeah. a marketing, marketing technology events yeah. company. Yeah. Um, and I was there for a year and a yeah. bit. Yeah. Just under a year. And then DNAD yeah. Yeah. came and then... Somehow just like, yeah, jumped into the events world. I jumped into like partnerships, which I never... Because remember, yeah. my, my route was like marketing. Yeah. So now it's like, yeah, I sort of ended up here. But is, do you feel that partnerships is really far off marketing though? Not really. Yeah. I think I pref- Do you know what? I feel like I'm meant to be in partnerships in a way because it's more like we sort of like put everything together the dots so yeah. i'm pretty much um, i'm involved in the part in the marketing conversation yeah. i'm not actually a marketer but sometimes i do have to be part of that conversation yeah i'm sort of like involved in everything across the business yeah. and that's what i love about it yeah, yeah it's almost like partnerships puts everything together so yeah. if i'm looking at the contract and i have to deliver these things for the brand partner and one of them content or marketing or requires something like i actually have to be involved mm. in you know briefing the marketing team mm. or so in a way I'm indirectly still involved in it yeah. so yeah yeah in a way so and it, I, do you think it's transferable partnerships to marketing yes because yeah. sometimes I do find myself being a copywriter yeah sometimes I do find myself doing a bit of I'm not the best photoshop but I use like yeah photoshop for dummies where I need to, if I need things done I'll yeah. just tw- tweak things myself so yeah yeah it's sort of like it's allowed me to sort of like um what's it called expand sort of my skills because i was never different pies yeah, yeah. Like i never considered myself a copywriter but yeah i found ways to you know write obviously yeah. get it signed off by an actual copywriter marketing team but i can yeah. sort of start the skeleton of it and then yeah. they can sort of add to it so yeah. and i learned from them as well how they copyright and yeah. just do things like that no yeah so you yeah. definitely got some some transferable in between skills yeah so i feel like we've really um we've really come to understand an amazing journey which some of it even i didn't know i know that you have like mentioned some of it but it's really yeah. exciting and quite amazing it's nice to sort of like talk about um the difference the different stages where you're like yeah i've definitely made it i've gone clear yeah. blah, blah. just the reality the absolute yeah. reality of existing in this industry like yeah. i've spoken to people who are in traditional advertising roles but mm. it's very important to hear from people such as yourself who mm. have roles that young people do not know about yeah. you, and not everybody is going to want to be a creative mm-hmm. or a producer or something that's like the first thing to hear of some people mm. are going to work going to want to work in accounts and then when they go to accounts they might find that they might want to they need something just a little bit different and there yeah. are these one-off roles such as what you do so yeah that's yeah. why it's been very interesting i feel like you've really shared some really great stuff but is there anything else that you feel that as a young person mm. um if you are somewhat creatively inclined mm-hmm. um but you don't know where to how to how to find what it is you need to do is there any advice that you have ever picked up along the way that you feel to share i think what's mm. oh, a big a, a good advice i'd say i feel like for me i've sort of just learnt 
as I've gone along and like I've made mistakes and I've just sort of like allowed my mistakes to push me forward and obviously mm. um I've heard some good advice but I think the main advice is to say you're you're okay you're in a good space mm. I think you sort of have to count your blessings and like where you are at the moment so you're if you are in an agency already if you're not necessarily in the role that you want to be in but you're in the right place and something like you're you are in the creative industry you are in the in some form of agency mm. just use that as like leverage don't think that you're not doing enough like you're mm. just use the environment that you're in you're in the right place so how are you going to get to the place where yeah. you need to be who do you need to talk to another thing as well when i mentioned that i lost my voice is have your voice like yeah. use that to your advantage like i cannot stress that enough like talk to people even if it means going to your you know having five minutes with your director because i know a lot of the time as a junior entry level we f- we're very intimidated to speak yeah, to senior yeah. i think they'll respect you more if you just said send an email can i just sit with you at lunchtime just to you know i just want to get to know you a bit better yeah. and i think you would only know until you speak to people like the possibilities are, are at hand like, going to like networking events yeah and just really like just using your voice and telling people what you do if there is something that you're passionate about that you sort of keep in your pockets mm. start sharing that if you are you know a designer or i don't know a copywriter or you know art direction just you know start talking to people about yeah. that and eventually the more you talk about what exactly you want to do people will listen and you never know they'll recommend you to things so if you're starting now as i don't know i don't know what to say for example like imagine a, someone's they're literally just graduated from uni they start like yeah right like if you're just like you've been put into like i don't know a research job role but you want to be an actual yeah. creative start talking about your creative things like what yeah. do you do so yeah, yeah. don't just let your job current job role be the be and all of what you do just yeah. you know yeah let people know that yeah i'm actually creative as well yeah but yeah i hope that advice made sense no, just use your voice sense. and speak to people and just know that if you're in the right environment you're doing something right and you will eventually get where you need to be amazing sick <laughs> i thought i said all the amazing things so thank you. that's it i'm gonna leave it there thank you so much i really liked this i feel like i spoke so much but oh no but it I, was nice it's funny i think i speak a lot too so i don't know if you're speaking more actually do you know what i mean maybe both of us is anywhere that you want people to find you or do you want them to leave you alone <laughs> just be honest about it do you want them to leave you alone um, or would you like them to find you somewhere i'm not ready yet to share myself so when i am i'll plaster where to find me right amazing you will hear about me bye guys bye